Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Do not wait until a crisis comes to start preparing for one. An ounce. Uh, that's all. He's so nice. Secretary Mayorkas having his please clap moment. Do not wait for a crisis. Or until a crisis comes, start preparing for one. That, that, that's different than inventing one, sir. Preparing for a, a, a crisis is different than inventing one. Um, here are people who are dealing with a crisis. This is New York. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What are you doing, fools? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. As they start getting ready for more illegal immigrants. Remember, they said they were a sanctuary city. They're the ones who welcomed all of this in. And, oh, people are not happy, according to Fox News. New York City Mayor Eric Adams announcing the newest site for migrant housing, and it's on Randall's Island. But one group is fighting the plan due to the safety of children. Fox Business correspondent Madison Allworth is live from Randall's Island. She has more. Hi, Madison. Hi, Dana. Yeah, these fields, they are used constantly by kids and teams in order to play soccer and, and other sports. And now... They're being converted into migrant shelters. The city is moving fast. The parents and the coaches that we have spoken to, they are beyond frustrated that the city is taking away from their children. It's an absurd outrage. Uh, Myself, as well as um, many of the clubs, is going to leave us in a lot of uh, situation where our kids are going to suffer. Yes, yes, your children are going to suffer. But, you know... Um, uh, better your children than than these other children. I mean, your children really have to play soccer on a on a full field. What kind of what kind of bigotry? What kind of bigotry is this, New York parents? I mean, wh- why why do you think that your children are so special? You know, for those of us that live in New York City, we know that green space is hard to come by. And from talking to parents and coaches, they explained to me that the permitting process to get access to these fields, it is tedious. It is done months, if not years in advance. And now four to five fields being taken offline just like that. This was announced yesterday already. You can see behind me, they've started construction on these fields, converting it to that migrant shelter. Yeah, you know, you pay taxes and you and and you 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 try and create a, a great opportunity for your kids, but in the end, uh, what 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 does that matter? Well, Tony, none of this would be a problem if Greg Abbott wasn't bussing people to New York. No, no, it would be a problem. It would just be somewhere else. Don't you get that the whole point of this story is that it's happening to New Yorkers, and that's why all of a sudden it's a story. If it happened to the people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, they wouldn't care. It wouldn't be a story. If it happened to the people of pick your suburb, St. Louis, would anybody be paying attention? Of course not. Oh, it's happening to New Yorkers. Oh, it happened to the people on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, it's happening in D.C. Now we have to pay attention. 
It's been happening to the people in Texas for decades. And the people of New York and the people of D.C. and the people of Martha's Vineyard didn't give a good holy you-know-what damn. They didn't care. Now I'm supposed to care because it's New Yorkers? Madison. Madison Allworth, let me let me say for the record, I, I've never met you. And all the time I've ever been fortunate enough to appear on, on, on Fox, I've, I've never done a, a segment with you, and that's... Look, they have a lot of people over there, and I don't work there. I just do some appearances. Nice to meet you. Um, I get that you're assigned to the story, and you're covering the story. These stories have been happening in Texas to farmers and ranchers for over a decade, and no one gave a damn. Forgive me, Madison, but allow me to say, what's the weather going to be like? Because I don't give a damn what happens to your soccer fields. And the Midwest shouldn't give a damn what happens to their soccer fields. Now, if they're going to care what happens to ranches and ranchers in Texas, well, then I'll care about their soccer fields. But I will take note that they told me that they were a proud sanctuary city. So you tell me again why I have to give a you-know-what damn about their soccer fields. Do I sound angry? Maybe I should take a breath. But that is the frustration level of everybody outside of New York who has to listen to this garbage. That's the frustration level of everybody who has been following what's been happening to these Texas border communities for over a decade. We've heard enough. We don't want to hear these elitist snobs complain. There is a story about... um, A woman in San Francisco. It is absolutely incredible. Incredible audio. It's a story of the... Well, I'll let this woman tell the the story. Um, She took to TikTok to to put this out there. Now, anytime you see something on TikTok, you're not 100% sure if it's legit or not. But let's... The story is so believable, we could go with it. Allow me. I'm literally shaking right now. I was just getting groceries and I live in San Francisco and I never really feel fully safe. If you live in San Francisco, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And I just got groceries. I'm walking out of the store and this guy is walking past me and says, move, you stupid bitch. And he spits in my face, spits all over my face. And then I say, excuse me, did you just spit in my face? And he says, move or I'll rape you. There's also people everywhere and everyone's just walking by because they're like, I can't handle something else in San Francisco. It's always something else. I don't even know why I'm posting this. If you live in San Francisco, do you feel this way all the time? I don't feel safe, ever. I literally never feel safe. It's better when it's daylight. But nighttime, no, not leaving my house. Doesn't feel safe in her house in San Francisco, even during the day. This This is the kind of confrontation that she's dealing with. And she doesn't leave her house at night. But why do you live that way? Why do you vote for people who want you to live that way? Have you asked yourself the key question, what did I do to deserve this? Now, let, 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 let's at least have a little bit of, of clarity and common sense. Um, the guy is the problem. Whoever did this to her is the problem. 
But let us understand what happens when you vote for people who allow this kind of thing to happen without repercussion. When you vote for people who don't believe in prosecution, this is the place that had Chase Bowden as its district attorney. And that progressive was not interested in prosecutions of crimes. And therefore, you have public defecation all over the place. You have people who leave their trunks open at night on the streets because they don't want their cars to be robbed. Never mind that the car gets robbed anyway and they steal what they can. You have vagrancy everywhere. You have businesses that have pulled out completely, whether it's shopping malls or other things, from San Francisco hoteliers because there's simply no point in sticking around. If you want something from a CVS, everything you want is under lock and key. Is that the society you want to live in? Well, then why did you vote for the people who told you to live in that society? Who told you that this was the decent thing to do? Who told you this was the caring thing to do? Who told you we had to protect this uh, group? We had to protect that group. We had to stop abusing this group. We had to stop finding fault with that group. We had to stop making this a crime and stop making that a crime. And now you come to TikTok with a video of yourself stunned and amazed and shocked and, and that you don't feel safe. You know what we say? What's for lunch today? What's for You guys want to do a burger? You want to do a, a burger? Oh, by the way, when we eat burgers, it's actual meat. It's none of that veggie soy nonsense that will totally emasculate your children. You guys want to do a burger? Put bacon on it. Don't tell my rabbi. <laughs> don't, don't. No, seriously, don't tell him, Rabbi Ben. will be wicked pissed. Yeah, so well, I'll ta- we'll take the bacon uh, and, and uh, an American cheese. Seriously, that thing about the rabbi, I'm serious. Don't tell him. And, uh, oh, fries. Oh, yeah, got to have the fries. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you fry that twice? once in fat and then another time in like a whole bunch of fat could you do that that that'd be great uh, uh, to drink oh a diet coke that's what we're doing except we must admit uh, throughout the midwest we cannot escape certain things whether it's my beloved Indianapolis or you hear uh, of, of stories uh, throughout uh, mid, the Midwest, whether you're talking about Louisville or you're talking about uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma or, or St. Louis, Missouri, you, you, you have incredible issues because you have these pockets of cities that don't seem to learn and they see what happens in their progressive counterparts and they're like, eh, let's do it here too. They don't ever learn. They don't ever grow up. And, of course, you have the total seeding of the cities to the political left. So you have people on the political right who move into the suburbs. And the cities get worse and worse. And these things expand out because, of course, they do, especially when people feel emboldened. And you have the left never learning. And they then go somewhere else. Did I I sum it up right? We don't actually care. What happens to this woman in San Francisco? What happens to these people in New York? You did this to yourself. When do you make the changes? But we're dealing with the same exact insanity because the same progressives who don't live in San Francisco live in Indianapolis and they vote for the same nonsense, garbage, ridiculous, facocta policies. And then when they don't work, they say, hmm, huh. And they act like they don't learn. They, they keep going for the policies. They keep going further and further to the left. Haven't you figured out, dear Democrats, dear progressives, that you're the connective tissue? You're the thing that is wrong. Your policy ideas 
don't work. How many more stories, how many more anecdotes, how much more fact do you people need? And for the record, I meant you people. What I want to do is not care. What I want to do is have the bacon cheeseburger. Seriously, don't tell my rabbi. And I want to have the fries that are twice fried. I, By the way, have you had duck fat fries yet? You want to eat good French fries? Duck fat fries. Mwah! Chef's kiss. Perfect. But the political left won't leave you alone. The political left won't leave you alone. They engage horrible policies. Their policies fail them. They're stunned when the policies fail them. They then blame Republicans and others for the failures because they can't be wrong. Look at how good and decent they are. But what are they willing to do to fix the problem? When do they go about making the change? The answer is, I don't know. But I'm not going to worry about the changes in San Francisco or the changes in in uh, New York. I don't actually care if they ever make the changes. I don't live there. Now, I have trips to New York to make. I've got business to do uh, and, and meetings to have like you may. But I go less and less and less and less and less and less and less. Less and less and less and less. Because how could anybody put up with it? How would anybody want to put up with it? And until they vote for something different, they're going to put up with it. Well, this is exactly true of Indianapolis, which has a mayor's race uh, this year in just a few months. This will be true of multiple cities that have a mayor's race in 2024. You think the people of San Francisco will say, you know what, let's vote for a Republican. Yeah, yeah, they're racist, but they can clean up a city. And that's what we need right now. We'll deal with their racism as long as they can clean up the city. As long as I can safely walk to Whole Food and Foods and, and get my oats and get my, my vegan burgers. You know, there are people out there who eat hamburgers with real meat and bacon and cheese. Yeah, I heard that from some guy's rabbi. Until they make a change, nothing will change. Well, for those of us in the Midwest that suffer with cities that are run by these same people, we can't wait. New York can fall into the abyss. San Francisco could fall apart. You and I will sleep like babies. But when Tulsa or St. Louis or Indianapolis fall into the abyss, we are the ones who will suffer. It stinks because there's nothing I want more than the people who vote for these things to live with these things. I want them to feel the pain of the policies that they have put forth so they learn something. How else are these people going to learn? But we're the ones who get affected too. We're the ones who deal with the horror too. So no, I don't care about New York's story. This woman in San Francisco, maybe you're the problem and you can do something about that.
in the Midwest, we have to do something about it. Because becoming New York and San Francisco is right around the corner if it ain't already here. I'm Tony Katz. According to Michael Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger is a journalist. He's one of the guys who was uh, testifying with uh, Matt Taibbi regarding uh, government censorship and what they did with groups like Twitter. And he's got a, 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 a sub stack that he writes on. And um, senior Facebook executive Nick Clegg, he says, a former UK politician, sent this email in 2021 telling his staff to carry out White House censorship demands because of the bigger fish we have to fry with the administration. As the the, the email, as as he puts it out, um, states, we should take stock after the Friday meeting. But my sense is that our current course, in effect, uh, explaining ourselves more fully, but not shifting on where we draw the lines or on the data we provide, um, is a recipe for protracted and increasing acrimony with the White House as the vaccine rollout continues to stutter through the fall and the winter. Given the bigger fish we have to fry within the administration, data flows, etc., that doesn't seem a great place for us to be. So grateful for any further creative thinking on how we can be responsive to their concerns. Hey, we needed them to ensure that we could get access to X, Y, or Z. So let's do them a favor on A, B, and C, which includes censorship. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, Facebook sucks. Facebook is awful. You, you ask why when you go to TonyCats.com, it goes to locals. I have moved everything there. Facebook is just like, I'll, I'll say, here's some things happening. Go to, go to locals for more. Go to TonyCats.com for more, which is a platform called Locals. That's what we do. And then it's, it's free. And then if you, you want to be a supporter, you can. I greatly appreciate it. Um, trust Facebook? All I know is I'm very much looking forward to this cage match between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Now, I'm told that Musk might need some surgery. It's going to delay the fight. But uh, Zuckerberg trains a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Does Musk? AJ, producer AJ is in today. Does Elon Musk do Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I uh, do don't think so. Uh, so he's just going to just run it at Mark Zuckerberg going, ah, is that it? I can see that 100%. Uh, going to use some drone technology on him, something. Uh, I, look, I, I, I think if they say that the fight is going to live stream on X, which is Twitter. Uh, considering how poorly the DeSantis rollout went, maybe that's not the best idea. But we do. We have to, we have to rent a bar, and we all have to watch this together. Because I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not, I'm just, just so we understand each other. If, if, if Zuckerberg should get his um, stuff beat, uh, I, I wouldn't mind. I'd be, uh, I'd be okay with that. I'd, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd sleep pretty well. I think it's what I, I think it's what I'd do. Just uh, 
Head to the pillow. Ah, nighty night. Ready for the fight. I'm Tony Katz. ESPN decides to celebrate Megan Rapinoe. Why? Because ESPN has clearly not learned its lessons. Nobody wants the political lecturing from ESPN. They want the sports. And all of the sports guys who play in the political realm, I shouldn't say all, but the vast majority, suck. They're awful at it because they're not engaged in anything political. They're engaged in leftism and fanaticism about leftism that makes them seem really nice, really cool, really hip. So they'll continue to get interviews and invites to really cool events from those who play in professional sports. It's absolutely a pander, or at least that's the way it looks. And this ESPN piece on Megan Rapinoe kind of proves it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Megan Rapinoe is not a role model. Megan Rapinoe hates women in sports. There's a lot of that going around. Did you hear this? This is uh, some post on TikTok that Libs of TikTok put out. If you don't know Libs of TikTok, uh, what she does is she finds uh, crazy things that liberals are saying on social media. And she, uh, she, she posts it on Twitter and says, check this out. She doesn't even edit it. Check this out. Well, this is some woman making the claim that if you don't want Leah Thomas uh, to, to swim, Leah Thomas is a man who claims to be a woman, well, then it's all just proof of your transphobia. And if you don't want to change in a locker room with Leah Thomas, who is a man, not a woman, well, then it's even more proof of your transphobia. Every day, it seems like Leah Thomas's fellow athletes get more and more transphobic. Now they're saying they're uncomfortable sharing a changing room with her. You know, it's one thing to say that it has something to do with her speed. Like, that's transphobic too. But I can kind of understand it coming from a place of ignorance and not transphobia. However, this, this is just blatant transphobia. Nothing to do with her swimming, nothing to do with her abilities. They just don't want to be around trans people. You know, you Penn, if you really want to show your support for Leah, kick these transphobic girls off the team. They're the problem. Not- They're the problem, not Leah Thomas. Kick the women off the team. Keep the guy who says he's a woman. And did you check how this chick was uh, was always referring to Leah Thomas as her? Leah Thomas is not her. Leah Thomas is him. Leah Thomas is a man. But the problem is you are bothered by it. And it's ignorance to think that men are faster than women. That's, there are women all over the place, progressive women who are desperate to tell other women to sit there and let men take charge. Let men get what they want on your backs, no matter what. Men are more important than women. These liberal progressive women hate Women, they're the misogynists. Throw the women off the team so the men who claim they're women can be on the team. What what else could you say? What else could possibly be more hateful towards women than men should supplant women on the UPenn, University of Pennsylvania women's swim team? Megan Rapinoe said, of course, men who say they're women should be able to play on the women's soccer team. It's fine even if they take other people's spots. 
Megan Rapino hates women. Megan Rapino is a misogynist. And Megan Rapino showed that when it comes to her time playing U.S. women's soccer, it was never about the teammates. It was never about the team. It was never about America. It was never about the game. It was about equal pay. It was about wokeism. It was about her becoming a star amongst leftists. Now, I have a theory about Megan Rapinoe, and I want to say for the record, it could be wrong. I see similarities between the road Megan Rapinoe is going down and the road Ellen Page went down before deciding she was Elliot Page, and she can have all the surgery she wants and mutilate herself all she wants, Ellen Page, I'm sorry, Elliot Page, you can call yourself Elliot, right? You can change your name. I really don't get involved there. Uh, that's a woman. That's a woman. That's all That's all that is. I, I, we're not, it's not going to change no matter what Elliot says. Doesn't change reality. But I believe that Megan Rapinoe is going down the same exact road. I'm not, nothing will surprise me at this stage of the game. Megan Rapinoe is absolutely wrapped up in this. Sadly, wasn't wrapped up in playing soccer and being effective and building a team and building a winner. They exit the round of 16, and people want to say, oh, so close. Oh, that, that free kick or that penalty kick from Sweden went in just by a millimeter. No, you should have won that game 3-0. You should have beaten Portugal 3-0, but you didn't. It wasn't a good team. They weren't a good team. They didn't come together. And part of it is you're activists. You're not soccer players. I originally, I was like, I don't even know how much I blame the coaching. You know what? You got to wipe out everybody who allowed this stuff, who allowed people not to be focused on the game. Just wipe them clean and start fresh. You got to start rebuilding. Megan Rapino, ESPN does this two to three minute homage to her narrated by Sue Bird uh, from the WNBA, who is Megan Rapinoe's fiance. It's titled, Unapologetically Rapinoe. I think it would have been better if it had been titled, Three-Time World Cup Champion Rapinoe, but hey, I guess Unapologetically Rapinoe also works. ESPN is an unserious organization that isn't interested in sports. What they are interested in is the ridiculousness of woke and somehow pretending that Megan Rapinoe means something. She doesn't. She's not even a role model to women because she doesn't believe that women should be able to play women's sports. This kind of madness sees itself play out in a multiplicity of places like I just played for you, this this woman on, on TikTok talking about Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas should be allowed on the women's team and the women, the actual women, should be kicked off the team for not accepting the man on the women's team. They hate themselves. Then there's the people who reject the idea that reality is real on different subjects, like, for example, Jamel Hill. Now, Jamel Hill, is she still writing at the, at the Athletic? She was at ESPN, Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill then got let go by ESPN. Jamel Hill decided that everyone who disagreed with her was a racist. She's a black woman. Everyone who disagrees is a racist. Jerry Jones, wasn't he a racist, the owner of the Cowboys, to Jamel Hill? I mean, it's who she is. She does this all the time. Well, she 
uh, put out a, a tweet about Carly Russell. Now, Carly Russell has nothing to do with sports. Jamel Hill writes about sports. It's a great example about how the sports writers always think they can get involved in the other subjects, and somehow they are emboldened to do so, whether they're black or whether they're white or whether they're men or whether they're women. And we, we see it all the time. So Carly Russell was this woman who claimed that there was a like, like a child in a diaper walking down a, a freeway, and then the next thing you know, Carly Russell's missing. And you're like, my gosh, Carly Russell got kidnapped. And then a few days later, there's Carly Russell. And people are like, what happened? And then it turns out there was no kid. She made the whole thing up. She made the whole thing up. Police uh, have filed two misdemeanor charges against her. And there's also the possibility that state lawmakers want to increase the penalties for faking a kidnapping. Enter Jamel Hill, who has decided that the efforts to criminalize this behavior are overzealous, and she tweets out, or do we still say tweet, even though the app is now called X? Yeah, we still say tweet. She's already been charged and will likely have to pay restitution. Zero problem with that. What I'm saying is this lawmaker is being overzealous because the black woman was at the center of this hoax. I promise you, had she been a white woman, nobody would be introducing a law to strengthen the laws about lying to the cops. Um, well, that's great. That's terrific. That does a, a, a lot. That really, really um, uh, kind of sets the record straight. Uh, you don't have a problem with uh, her being charged? I, I, think, I think you do. And maybe we should ask ourselves, when you lie about something happening to you that costs the city X number of dollars, why there shouldn't be a way to charge you to ensure some level of restitution? Because I'd only be interested in the restitution if people were searching for you and you did this to yourself. The only reason it's happening is because of race. It can't be any other reason. Well, of course not. I'm Jamel Hill, and my entire career is based on race. Everything I do goes through race. It can't actually be about the subject at hand. It can only be about race. And therefore, who's allowed to argue with me? Because to do so is to prove your racism. And Jamel Hill will get supporters from her old cohorts at ESPN. Because, oh my gosh, she's exposing the racism. She's so brave. Woman lied about a kidnapping. I don't know what that I don't know what you get for that. I don't know what the charge is. But certainly any cost put to finding her, she should have to pay for. Of course she should have to pay for it. And if there is a isn't a standard for this to try and deter this kind of behavior, maybe that's what you do utilize the law for. Now maybe I would look at this and look at the law that they're trying to create and be like, guys, guys, we're we're killing ourselves here. We're we're kidding ourselves. We're killing and kidding ourselves. We don't need to do any of this stuff right here. We're good. I've said that before about many things. But that would be about whether or not we're wasting time. I've seen politicos waste time because politicos react to the environment around them. We are thermostats. Politicos are thermometers. We raise and lower temperature. They measure where the temperature is and then react accordingly. 
if some politician sees an opportunity to grab four more votes by being tough on the fake kidnap chick, well, then that's what they're going to do. Color be damned. You think it's about color. I think it's about opportunism. That would have been a much better take, Jamel Hill. But you don't make better takes, do you? Why should you have a better take? A more honest take, a more focused take, a more probable take when you could just scream racism and get the same five people cheering you and get your old ESPN cohorts to celebrate your name. It's cheap. There's a lot of cheap going on out there. UNC, University of North Carolina, will no longer consider race, including in essays during admissions. Now, of course, it was UNC and Harvard that were part of the lawsuit that ended uh, via the Supreme Court affirmative action. But just as we saw, and I actually said, you will see universities immediately scream holistic uh, approach as, as quickly as you can. Sure enough, there was Butler University. Butler University in Indianapolis, we're going to take a holistic approach to all our applicants, meaning we're going to take a look at race and use that as a major factor in deciding admissions because that's how we decide whether or not you get into Butler University. Butler University, if we have enough black people, you might be welcome too. I mean, that's a that's a real, real weird approach. And by the way, someone might be asking, who does Tony mean by you? Uh, you may be not, you may be available too, or you may be acceptable too. Uh, Butler's talking about Asians. Oh, no, no, wait, that's Harvard that's talking about Asians. I get it very confused. I don't know. You'll have to ask Butler who the you people will be if they feel they have enough black students or Hispanic students or this, that, what have you. It's really, really shameful. Just admit good, smart students. Have a standard, demand students meet the standard, go to work. But you keep putting in front of us how the standard has to somehow change. And I find that to be very insulting. I don't know how black people don't find it very insulting or Hispanics don't find it very insulting. Certainly, uh, if you take a look at Asian students culturally and the emphasis on education, then you tell them, yeah, we've got enough of your kind. Insulting. And Butler doesn't seem to care about that. And I, I, by the way, they're not the only ones engaging this holistic nonsense. So when UNC says they will not, quote, establish through application essays or by other means any regime of or encouraging heuristic and or proxies premised upon race-based preferences in hiring or admissions. And if, quote, university considers the personal experience of applicants for admission, each applicant must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. Okay. Well, that'd be great. That'd be great if you actually took a look at the student. Um, how many people believe this? How many people believe this? How many people believe UNC is actually going to do this? And how long before Jamel Hill screams, well, you see, this is how you know they're really racist. And uh, I get the Megan Rapinos of the world and this uh, TikTok chick saying, you see, this is, this is the, what, they, what they're doing. They're excluding this group and excluding that group. And if this university was serious, they would tell all the women no and let the men who say they're women get admitted and have free tuition. And... Just applying the, the madness all the way along the line. 
What UNC is discussing is exactly what you should want. People who are admitted based on their merits. That's the society we should want. And Jamel Hill should discuss the merits of new legislation, not scream racism every time uh, somebody who's black is involved. Because if I screamed racism every time somebody who's white is involved, uh, that would be weird. And we shouldn't celebrate people who aren't worthy of celebration. Megan Rapino lost on the biggest stage and did not rally her team to greatness. She rallied them down to catchphrases. You don't celebrate it. You don't celebrate it. It's just that simple. I'm Tony Katz. I've long said that, you know, January 6th was a terrible day, but Trump did not attack the Capitol. It's not a crime for him to say that he thinks the election was stolen. I mean, I just don't think you should prosecute him for that. But I don't think anybody feels like you can get, you know, a fair case for a Republican in D.C. or New York. So, yeah, I think that changing venues would be totally warranted. That's Nikki Haley. She's running for president of the United States. She's making the right point, but no one's listening. Um, you want to talk about, I, I, in this presidential race, not making a splash, not making a scene, not making a moment, she's not She's not anywhere. Does that mean, is she on the debate stage? Is, is this what she's hoping for? I don't know. But comments like that, you can go, yeah, I agree with her. And then you leave it be. It isn't rallying anybody to her cause. That's something Nikki Haley has got to be aware of. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.